Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So if you weren't around the last episode for the part one, we're talking about how to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses. And I have with me my uh, guest speaker, Bob Worley. He's a Christian apologist from Bishop, California. He is specialized in the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I felt it was very necessary to have him onto the show to be able to go ahead and talk about this. So with this episode, we're going to continue on talking about how to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses. Bob, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you again for having me. It's an honor to be on the show. The word honor means to hold up in value, and I do value uh, you, Nick, as a brother in Christ, and I also value that you have me on your show. So that. Well, thank you so much. I, I value you as well. I, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and really helping out. It helps me be able to reach out to people on things that I'm not fully aware of or may have missed out or may not be fully equipped. So I deeply thank you for coming on to the show. Oh, and it's a pleasure. Uh, for, yeah, first of all, I'd like to kind of uh, continue a little bit with some things that we talked about last show and about witnessing and about encouraging Christians that have never done it or done it a little bit or they don't feel like, uh, you know, they're up to it or they don't know enough, you know. Uh, I, I, I am basically a, a real average person, uh, not, not, not the sharpest uh, pencil in the box type of guy. And I've got to actually have great discussions with scholars. And here, basically, I graduated from continuation high school, right? And so it's just sticking with it. And also getting involved with somebody that is a trustworthy person that goes out and witness, not somebody who goes out to clobber people but people that witness. For example, uh, uh, M2M Ministries, uh, Missions to Muslims, uh, George Saeed's group supplies training. Uh, and uh, you go out with him and boy, you go right in the belly of the beast. <laughs> and, and it's <laughs> great. Uh, you, you can get involved with uh, some counter cult uh, Bible studies if you can find them in your area. Uh, you can find it online. You can contact people like me. I'm on Facebook, and uh, I prepare people for uh, encounters with witnesses and in other groups. And so, uh, you know, you, it, it, at first it's pretty fearful, but you know, I go to Kingdom Hall, right? I'm I'm relaxed. I'm sitting in the back waiting for the meetings over so they can come up and start asking me questions, you know, and I take notes and so forth and. And I'm not offensive. I, I, I'm not there to, you know, I'm going to teach them a lesson. You know, I let them, and you said it last uh, show, listen, you got to listen. And uh, so when you listen, you know, yeah, you, can, you can get a feel and you don't got to respond that day. Or if you don't know anything, you know, about the subject and they say, well, what about this? Say, you know, that's a very good question. Let me, uh, I got a pen and paper here. Let me write a note down and get back to you, right? Don't think that you yeah. have to know every answer. Uh, you know, I get out and uh, s some of my buddies that are, have a lot more scholarship than mine, and we start talking about certain doctrines, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, I just listen, you know, because I don't know uh, certain things and uh, a lot of things. And so uh, I, I want the people not to be intimidated uh, and you're going to get roughed up here and there. And, uh, you know, me, I'm, I'm kind of an emotional type of guy. So, you know, you know, a witness rejects me. I get emotional about it. And it's upsetting, but the blessing is, and remember in James, it says, be doers the world word and not just hearers deceiving yourself. The blessing Nick, when you get out there is that you grow and you get understanding and so forth. Uh, I can't tell you what it, it's it's been, uh, how it's been for me. Like I've been witnessing at Burning Man since 1996. And I get and understand and all that type of stuff. I've been witnessing mm -hmm. the witnesses since 1985. And uh, what I've learned, you know, and how it's made me grow. And so the blessing is for us. And, and that's why God says, don't, uh, you know, don't be doers of the word, or, or do be doers of the word. Don't be just hearers deceiving yourself. 
because we could sit at home and say, well, I would say this and I would say that. And then when they come to the door, we say, well, we're too busy. Not a good answer. So anyways, I'm going to kind of go over a little encounter. Uh, I had two encounters back uh, in 2014 that I just made notes out of. I was going to start doing that. And, uh, you know, I get busy and I don't make notes on stuff. But uh, anyways, uh, it was back on the ninth month, the 20th of uh, 2014. And uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they go door to door and they're supposed to put in so many hours a month and turn in a time card so that they could be pioneers. And I don't know what it is today. It used to be, it used to be 160 hours a month and then it went down to 120 and then it went down to 80. So maybe they have it 60. I don't know what the hours are, but they turned it in, they become pioneers. And the other people that don't get those hours are called pub, just publishers. You know, sounds like a corporation to me, right? And yeah, it yeah. does. And uh, and so uh, you, you, Kingdom all have uh, a top elder, a number of elders. I have a top elder. They used to be called, uh, oh, <clears throat> what were they called? Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, they, they, they changed the name of these top elders in the Kingdom Hall. And then they got the guys that worked the book room uh, at the Kingdom Hall. And uh, they're called ministerial servants and and so forth so they have this fine-tuned organization and uh, they go out and they go door to door and then they have a class each week on how to answer the christian or the householder or the non-believer at at the door so they 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 role play that's quite interesting and so you well that's actually very interesting because then if we understand how they're going to talk to us and it's better how we can be able to witness right. to them yeah, they got they got a book uh out that's uh on that uh, they're not publishing anymore but you can get them on, on uh amazon and um gee whiz i can't remember the name of the book right now but i'll think of it but uh they actually uh were giving books to their people and then they'd go through the books and they had their canned answers well if you got their answers <laughs> well, it's kind of, you could say, okay, I, how you stop that, you know, how, how you derail their canned answer and get them back to the word of God. And I'll give you an example of something. Uh, Mr. Householder, uh, you know, we're Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, we are actually uh, people who, uh, you know, believe in, in the Bible, and we're here to give you a free Bible study. So householder says, well, fine, that's great. I'd love a free Bible study. So they come back and they open up the uh, a Watchtower book and uh, the householder doesn't think about it. Oh, well, this, they're quoting the Bible. Well, it's not a Bible study. It's a Watchtower study. It's a book study. And so I actually got one of those one time. I, I was rocking around downtown Disney and, and one of them called me over and I wasn't going to like start, you know, debating him or anything like that in that nature. But it was back when I was first getting into Christian apologetics, and they actually said, hey, uh, excuse me, young man, I was younger back in the day, and they go, hey, take a look at this. What do you think? And I was, like, looking through it, and I remember it was, like, they were so intrigued by it, and that, but at the same time, that's when I asked the unforgivable sin, which is, where is this in the Bible? Yeah, that didn't go right. down well. Well, so you could say, well, uh, wait a second. Uh, you said you were going to give me a Bible study. So let's start out with Romans chapter one. And can we use my translation of the Bible, right, to read? And go through right. it uh, verse by verse every week. Well, we can't do that. You know, uh, they need a book study. They need time in that book for the report card for their, their monthly deal. So that's dishonest. You know, if I come over and say, Nick, I want to teach you, you know, uh, what the word of God has to say about the resurrection. And then, you know, I come over with some book that talks about, you know, Frankenstein or something. I, you know, I mean, I just guess what I'm saying is that, you know, let's get to the word of God. If you're here to give me a Bible study, let's have a Bible study and go through Romans. Right. Right. And, uh, and, and so if a Jehovah's witness reads the book of Romans in a, uh, 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 
a more fluent translation like New American Standard or, uh, you know, uh, New King James or something like that, I don't think they're going to be a witness much longer. So uh, anyway, so th what they do is they go door to door. And so in the major cities, and they, they may have a little fluctuation like here in Bishop or small cities, but they go door to door and then they get a bite, you know, and, and they mark it down. And then they come back in two weeks and follow up on you. And it's called a callback. So right. uh, one Saturday morning, uh, uh, back in 2014, a car with two Jehovah's Witnesses parked across the street of my house. Um, I knew they were doing a callback. So, so they weren't going to come to my house, right? Because they weren't there two weeks before. So I... You know, of course, I get all excited. You know, probably like that dog at the gate that runs back and forth because there's another animal. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I get all excited. My wife, you know, she goes, there he goes. <laughs> you know, my wife's pretty good at the witnesses, too, by the way. Uh, so I went over their vehicle and uh, <coughs> myself mm -hmm. and jokingly told them, hey, you're Jehovah's Witnesses. You're going to come into this neighborhood, right? In my neighborhood, you better stop uh, by my house and say hi. And so they kind of grinned, right? Uh, I told them oh. I'd been meeting with one of Jehovah's Witnesses, and I do, and that uh, I had been to their kingdom hall, and they had recognized me. And so there's a principle I have, right? If I know I'm going to be meeting with somebody every week, is a little different what I present than if I have only a few minutes, right? And let's say right. that... Um, this guy gets hit by a car and he's laying there. And he, the guy looks up and uh, he goes, you know, to the Jehovah's Witness. He goes, oh, what must I do to be saved? And the Jehovah's Witness says, well, you're going to have to start a book study, right? Uh, then after you answer 100 questions, and we're going to have to baptize you. And then you have to go door to door and you got to please God, right? I only got three minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, tough luck, buddy, right? And I say, call up on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. And I say, the thief on the cross did the same thing. And Jesus says, I'll see you at paradise today. Right. I remember that one. I remember having that conversation. It was uh, with my mother-in-law in the Catholic Church, where I was talking about doing all the blessed sacraments and whatnot. I know this is kind of going off topic here, but it was the same area of philosophy where it was, Oh, if you do this sacrament and this sacrament, this thing and this thing and this thing, and you work your way in, in essence, doing through your own merits, and then you've been gained, gained eternal life. And I said, what about the thief on the cross next to Jesus? He didn't have time to go and be baptized. He didn't have time to go and do sacraments. He didn't have time to go pray five times a day. He's literally bleeding and dying on the cross. The crows are right there to peck his eyes out. He, you know, this is his last few moments on earth. And he turns to Jesus and he says, you know, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And that's, and as you said, Bob, you today will join me in paradise. I think the biggest thing at all, especially with Jehovah's Witnesses, along with other cults, is this idea that you have to earn and work here for your salvation. And the problem is you can't. No flesh shall be justified before God. Your works are nothing more like filthy rags to God. So it's like you're a listener and you're listening in on this and you're hearing a bunch of the same thing is the place that the, a lot of these cults, we call them cults because they're not based on the biblical principle, are telling you you have to work and you have to earn, you have to earn, you have to earn. You need to walk away from them. They're bankrupt. And as uh, Bob was pointing out, this is the thief on the cross mo move where no time at all, dying, going to be dead maybe in an hour. You know, he doesn't have time. He can't just pull himself off the cross, walk around there, start a Bible study somewhere. He can't just go off and do give some alms to the poor. He's literally nailed to a cross. And at that point, you see that Jesus is like, you believe in me. That I think, Bob, I think that's a black and white picture right there to, to portray is the fact that it's not about the works. It is about the gift. It's, it's a gift of faith. It's a gift of trusting in Jesus. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting that we're talking about this because about oh, two months ago, I was in a Bible study at church, and and uh, you know, and you know, we all read the Word of God, and God works with us 
uh, you know, and paints his picture, makes us his artwork. And, and, uh, sat next to a guy and, and he brings up thief on cross and he goes, well, and the guy died. Did he go to pur- pur- uh, purgatory? And he was saying that tongue in cheek. Right. And I said, I never thought of that. Right. <laughs> so here's a thief <laughs> on the cross and he doesn't go to purgatory. That guy get a round trip ticket or I mean, some type of special, you know, deal going there. So, uh, you know, the word of God, it's amazing. There's an answer for everything in there. If you're in it, you know, if, if, if right. you're reading it. And uh, if you, you know, now fellowship is something to me that is, it's not showing up and being in a room with people and uh, having no exchange. I talk hours on the phone, to, uh, you know, to people, you know, that are Christians and that's fellowship. I mean, I'm, I'm built up. Yeah, I'm edified. And so when I go to church, I go to church, okay, I received the message here. I could worship uh, together with the saints and so forth. I go to a Bible Bible study it's, uh, to help me out, right? I'm not there to, I wouldn't be a part, but I'm, I'm not the teacher. And, uh, and so uh, my point is with, with that is that we learn. And that thief on the cross and purgatory statement this guy made is like, why didn't I see that? Right? <laughs> and, and I know why I didn't. I need to be in right. Up, right? So, um, but that, so anyways, I get back to this. And uh, so I go up to this car. And uh, so I know that I only got, you know, a few minutes because the other ones are doing a callback. And I asked them if they ever studied the subject of the difference of who are of the flesh and who are those of the spirit. They were silent and didn't know what to say because they don't study the Bible. It's not like you and me taking out a Strong's or doing a word search on, on, on Bible Gateway. So I explained to them that uh, Romans 8, 1 through 16 says, the flesh cannot please God. You just mentioned that. So I told Jehovah's Witness a while back, I said, you can't please God. So he got a hold of me later. He says, yeah, he goes, uh, I'll show you where I can please God. I'm thinking, okay, he, he hasn't seen it yet. So I'm going to uh, wait for him to come, you know, come back and so forth or, or have a discussion with him. And it says uh, in, in Romans 8 that uh, only those that are led by the Spirit can please him. And the ones that are led by the Spirit are those who are called the children of God. Now, think about what we talked about. They believe that only the 144,000 have the Spirit of God, led by God, led by the Spirit, uh, are born again, are sons of God, children of God, and all the rest are friends, acquaintances. So how do they get saved? Well, they get saved by going door to door and and being good to the anointed class, their leaders. Now, if myself depended upon my activity, Nick, I'd like to tell you that I wake up witnessing, right, and go to sleep when I'm witnessing, but I don't, right? And uh, and mm-hmm. I, I have friends that uh, that just do it all the time and so forth. And uh, and if it was up to me, I can't, you know, I fall too short, you know. And so I need the grace of God, right? I need the Spirit of God. And that's what James is talking about, about uh, faith without works is dead. It's God's work in you. It's what you're doing through the spirit of God. It has nothing to do with me getting up in the morning and said, okay, I'm going to put a report card in like the Jehovah's Witness. And I'm going to go to more doors than them. That's not going to do anything. Right. Right. And so of the flesh and of the spirit. And, uh, so, uh, you know, as, as we uh, move on with the organization, they believe that their organization is the ark of safety. Uh, like when the flood came, if you're in the organization, you'll be saved and Armageddon comes. So think about it. If they leave the organization, they have no safety anymore. Their safety is in men. We got to get them to get their safety in the word of God. That's why. When I say no one can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit, 
we can, you know, share to we're blue in the face on the Trinity, but they've got volumes of stuff against the Trinity and they have programmed them to the way to think. So when we say in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, they have a God. When they said uh, in John eight fifty eight, we said before Abraham came into existence, I am, they have, I have been mixed and temporal. So they basically, they changed several things in order to make it sound like it's for them. But since they've made, since they've changed those things up, yeah, I could see how, I, I hope all the listeners who listen to this, you guys can understand and see that it, it's not very large changes Bob is really bringing up here. It's not a whole lot of, like, <clears throat> mountain difference here and there. It is subtle changes in the scripture that ultimately have, huge ramifications it's like slightly altering the course of a car and that slight alter of the course of the car will make it slam right into a brick wall it doesn't take a whole lot and so i think bob that's kind of where you're coming from where it's just it what you're showing is slight alterations that ultimately have a enormous impact on the viewpoint of of who christ actually is yes in fact uh uh they do that with salvation uh, they do that. Uh, they'll change. They will change the Bible when it doesn't fit. So what I do is I take their Greek interlinear, and I show them off to the right side. It says what their Bible says. Off under the Greek, it says what the Bible actually says. In many cases. Uh, so I'll show a witness from his own Greek interlinear what the Greek really says. Right, and for a land, right, you know. Now, uh, I'll give you. I'm going to give you some. Uh, just a uh, let's have a little discussion. It was a little, oh, I, tension because of some issues that were coming up at one time. And uh, you know, the guy, very brilliant guy, and he challenges me, and I, you know, and. And I had been working with this guy in ministry for many years, but there was some issues. And, uh, you know, it's like I tell my friends, I said, you know, I love you. I've been friends with you for many years type of thing. But uh, if it comes between you and, and the word of God, you lose. <laughs> you know, because, and, that's, mm-hmm. and I say I don't say that lightly because I, I, I've only lost a few friends that were close. Uh, you lose a lot of acquaintances when you start to that. But this is, uh, 1 10 and 11 of this salvation the prophets have inquired who the old testament prophets and searched carefully who promised of the grace that would come to you the believers right searching what or what manner of time the spirit now listen everybody listen the spirit of christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Who was inside the prophets of old? Inside them, the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit. Spirit of, yeah, Spirit of Christ. Spirit of Christ. Right? Boy, mm-hmm. uh, to me, that's kind of heavy. If you think the implications, you know, uh, of that is that the Old Testament saints, who were they getting information from? Who were they communicating with? Well, they, they had, they had, uh, there's, there's verse, uh, I can show you a chapter in Isaiah at some time where you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in one chapter in the Old Testament. Uh, it doesn't say the Son, but it says the one whom he has sent, which you'll find that in the New Testament as being Jesus. But when you read the right. Watchtower's version of it you go where'd this come from it doesn't have anything in it like that it's totally way off right so you need you, you could uh, always witnesses come and you can say hey can i get you can i get a greek and a linear from you guys and uh, they'll say okay well where do you want out because they know they're going to come back and you give them you know five bucks or something when they come because they'll take a donation that you know uh I don't want to be ripping them off. You know, the, the, the book of Romans says, uh, you say not to steal, but you steal idols from temples. 
And so you had the Jews running out, stealing golden idols from the temple, justifying it because they were pagans. You don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that. Right, you know. So uh, anyway, so uh, what what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take a a passage, a couple of passages in scripture, and we're going to analyze it in the realm of what they believe and how we can throw it off, you know, and get the word through. We have the greatest nuclear weapon called the gospel of Christ in uh, God gives us the opportunity, you know, as he works inside of us and, and so forth to deliver that nuclear bomb into him for salvation. That's the way I look at it. I'm sitting here with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> That's actually a really good way of looking yeah, at I it. Set it next to me and watch old Gomer Pyle reruns or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Saturday morning cartoons or something, right? No, we got to start. Uh, we start got to start thinking about the reality of the, the scripture you know christ uh, is the power and the wisdom of god right he's the alpha and omega the beginning and the end and we have a relationship with the god of the universe and and now and i'm not putting people down because believe me all you got to do is talk to my wife and she says that man can watch as much tv as the others right <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so I, I, I've got my shortcomings, and so that's why I encourage people. Believe me, if I can do it, you know, the the, the anybody can do it, you know. So anyway, so we know that uh, only those who have the spirit, uh, those who have the spirit of God, are born of God, and it can only be their leadership. So the average Jehovah's Witness going door to door is of the great crowd class. So when you go to John chapter three. And Jesus says, you must be born again. Automatic in their brain, they're saying, well, that's the anointed. And, uh, and they'll, they'll kind of skirt around it. They might go to John chapter, 1 John 5 and say, the ones that do the work of the God or do the work of Jehovah, loves Jehovah, that type of stuff, keeps his commandments. You know, so mm-hmm. when you look at John chapter 3, you got to think, what's going on here, Right. You know, right? Because, you know, in their minds, it says, you know, they just read it and they say that that's the anointed. So I take them to John three thirty six, and it says, "He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on them." Now, in the New World Translation, see, it's a little bit better actually. They missed it. It says the wrath of God remains on them, right? Oh, so so you say okay. It says it says mm-hmm. who believes in Jesus, and they'll say, well, you know, uh, believe and faith are are action words, right? And so you say, well, you know, um, I have my works and, and and so forth, and they say, yeah, but we go door to door. And we do this and we do that. And so you're all like one foot in the body of Christ, you know, type of thing. But say, well, we're going to answer that. Right. You don't want to let the jack rabbit you off and you got to be kind about it. But say, well, let's stay on topic. Right. And so mm-hmm. we at that point, we go to John chapter three, verse three. Jesus answered and said to him, right, talking to Nicodemus, truly, truly, he's emphasized it twice. I say to you, unless one is born again or born from above, he cannot see uh, the kingdom of God. The word see, everybody look that word up in your Greek concordance or your, uh, even in your Strong's concordance or your uh, Greek word study or whatever. And then you'll see it's, it's like a perception issue. And then we go and it says, Nicodemus said, now, this is interesting because the witness will sometimes roll their eyes and say, so you think you're born again, right? And, uh, and says, well, it's the, you know, it's the, it's what the word of God says. <laughs> I, I'm going to go by that and so forth. And I, and I just, right. so, but people like Nicodemus couldn't understand it. He said to him, can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time yeah, yeah. into his mother's womb 
and be born, can you? And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now we got the word enter. We had it see, we have it enter. And they say, well, what's, you know, born of, uh, you know, uh, of water. You know what? It, we're looking at born of the spirit right now. So, you know, we can, we can get to that later. Uh, do not be amazed that I said to you. So, Mr. Witness, don't be amazed that, that I'm actually sharing this with you. You must be born again. And so the word must, I said, I tell the witnesses, you must be born again, not an option. Because if you're not, the wrath of God, John 3, 36, remains on you. The, and say, so you you said that you guys go to door to door. You're the only organization in the world. It says, verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. You know what, Mr. Jehovah's Witness? You may have this worldly, uh, well-tuned organization with 7 million people going door to door free, right? But the Word of God says that being born again is, is, uh, is, is his organization is him putting out the product. And we don't know where it comes from. Uh, it's an example of what he's trying to tell you. And so in John chapter three, it answers the questions of the Jehovah's Witnesses, if you know what they believe. Uh, they used to have here about 20, 30 years ago when they baptized you, they baptized you in the name of Jehovah, Jesus, and the Spirit Guided Organization. So they replaced the spirit with the organization during that time period. So you oh see what's happening here is they have all these little things to uh, give the witness to get him to have fear of leaving, to blind him more than he's already blinded because he was born of the flesh, right? So mm -hmm. that was one encounter. And so that was... Uh, you know, you're you're talking to uh, you're talking about if you uh, if you only have a few minutes and so forth. If you know the born of the spirit, born of the flesh, Romans chapter eight, John three thirty six, John chapter three one through five. Um, that you or one through eight, excuse me. Um, you you can you can get that message at least the first time in. Now, they may go back and forget it, but if it, it may spark something. Mostly in Romans chapter 8, it says, if you don't have the Spirit, you're not of Christ. Right? And so, right. though they don't believe that Christ is their mediator, they believe that Christ is, there's only one, in their publication, they said there's only one mediator between God and man, not all men. Uh, Christ Jesus. That would definitely twist it because the Bible teaches that there's only one mediator between all mankind and God, and that is well, Christ Jesus okay. the man. If you brought up the Catholics, right? Now, uh, we could bring mm -hmm. up other organizations like the Mormons and, and, and Adventists and different organizations and so forth. But do you see the uh, how the relationship with Jesus is cut off? Uh, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, but they say not all men. Right? I I do I do actually see that, and that was when I was first starting apologetics. I said, "Don't." And I talked to my in-laws about that, and said, "Don't you guys see that you guys are replacing Jesus with the church?" I go, "That's not that's not healthy to do." Of course, it was easily dismissed because it was one of those situations that it's so easy to dismiss something you don't want to believe when it's really comfortable to you and you've known it your entire life and then say well you just don't know what you're talking about or you just don't listen to the priest or whatever it may be and what i've encountered so often is that it will be such as when my wife discovered it i was remembering the car when we we're driving back from costa mesa i think we we're visiting newport we we're out fishing because i love the fish and 
as we're coming back, she's reading the Bible. And I remember driving, she goes, Honey, this says there's only one mediator between all mankind and God, Christ Jesus and man. What does this mean? And and I, I said, Well, read out loud again. She read it. And you go, What do you think it means? And she goes, That Jesus is the only one to go to. I don't go to St. Peter, St. Michael, Joseph, Mary, whoever. And I go, exactly. I didn't have to tell you anything. You read it yourself. But again, that's where it seems to be where a lot of these cults, Jehovah's Witnesses, even to a point the the Catholics come in where they go, well, we're going to take Christ out of a lot of this and put ourselves, mankind, into power. And we are going to be the authoritative word of God here. And I go, that's extraordinarily dangerous. You're dancing the lines of sending people to hell. And God's going to be most fiercely judged because he even says those who are shepherds of the people, if you're a leader of the church, you're going to be far more heavily judged than somebody who is not the leader of a church and maybe doesn't know as much as you. So, yeah, it seems to be more and more like, these uh, the Catholics, even different Christian, uh, Protestant denominations and Jehovah's Witnesses all have the same thing. These cults all have one thing in common, which is let's take Jesus, push him aside. And where we push Christ out of the picture, we will fill the hole. And we're, we're going to attempt to fill the hole. And then if someone wants to read about Christ, we're going to discourage them because we want to remain in power. It's, and that's really all it seems to be is, is these cults want to be in power, want to be God themselves, and therefore they do what Satan did. They try to, yeah, they try to do all that. Well, <laughs> it's kind of like this, and it's very simple, is that uh, you have a corporation that puts an ad in the paper, and it says, uh, you know, employee needed for X. It says, fill out application in the line. Do not come in uh, to the office. Applications online only. So some guy says, yeah, right. I'm going to print that baby out and I'm going to walk in the corporate offices, right? Well, right. what did they tell you? There's a, a mediator between them and you, and that's the online application, you know, that you fill out and it goes to their uh, headquarters, right? So I don't think I'd be too impressed if the first thing I, I met was an employee that wanted to become an employee that broke the rules the first time I met him, right? Right. Right. But the issue is, you know, it says in Acts uh, 4, 11, and 12 that there's no other name talking about Jesus uh, under heaven except the name of Jesus that you might be saved. And Jehovah's Witnesses say, well, you know, it's... it's uh, Jesus is a created being, and, and you know, we, we got to go to Jehovah through the 144,000, and they go to Jesus, and then Jesus goes to the Father. Well, they've just added themselves into the line of salvation, like other organizations do. And you're right. Uh, it, it's so, it, you know what? It's too simple. <laughs> put, put, exactly. Put and Christ, you know, and the. Uh, I think this is a good point to draw up this area for the listeners who are listening in is I can, in my mind right now, see a lot of listeners shaking, several of them shaking their head saying, this is ludicrous. And I want to say this to you guys. Don't believe anything that Bob and I are saying. You don't have to. What I want you to do is take what Bob and I are saying as truth claims and look it up yourself and get in contact with Bob or myself on my channel and start asking those questions. And if you are one of those people saying this can't be possibly be true, you know, like I said, don't believe us. Research it yourself. See what we're saying and then try to discredit it. And if you can't discredit it, it must be obviously be true. But, yeah, it's – it's it, when I first got into Christian apologetics, it, it fascinated me to see how many people would do this where it was so about – well, in my religion, we're going to do this. And my, my priest, my pope, or and Jehovah's Witness, my, my elders, or whomever it may be, you know, they're, they're the people I need to talk to. And you're like, you can't just go to the Bible. And it's a little dumbfounding at first. Anyways, continue. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, you know, they got two problems. Is they got their own translation that uh, is uh, it, it, it kind of a technical issue, but it's called a formal translation and it's distorted on top of that 
the Apostle Peter sa uh, says that uh, they, they stretch the scriptures to their own destruction. And what it is, it's like uh, it's like having the word of God on, uh, on leather skin and then you're stretching it to put it over a drum and you distort the word of God to the point that you can't recognize it. And that's what he's he, talking about. And he says, as uh, the other scriptures uh, of Paul, right? Or he's talking about the scriptures mm -hmm. of Paul. So people are stretching Paul's scriptures as they do the others, the Old Testament. And... Uh, and and so the problem is is that uh, salvation isn't uh, okay. You do you know you do what's right, and I'm just gonna you know uh, you know you can get me in somehow. You know it's not gonna work like that. And so it, it's a very serious thing. And uh, you know I became a Christian in 1977, flat on my back, looking up and giving up and so forth. And it was Jesus saved me, and He did. And uh, the Bible says you can know you have eternal life today. And uh, and so uh, actually, that's a really good point, Bob, really fast to know you have eternal life. There are many Jehovah's Witnesses I've talked to who Mormons and um, Catholics who when I talk to about this, it's a very simple question. But a lot of people who here on even on this show who are Christians, they don't know this. They, I've had friends who have said that to me before. How do I know that I am saved? What is the, what is the assurance of salvation in heaven? I think that's something we should probably just briefly touch on because I think it's something very direly important of how do you know as Jehovah's Witness, how do you know um, as a Christian, I should say, not Jehovah's Witness, as a Christian, that you have eternal life instead of just kind of guessing and hoping and maybe you did the right thing and, you know, basically like taking the um flipping the dot you know throwing the dice and just praying it's going to land on the right right numbers how do we how can we be sure that a christian will have salvation well uh you know that gets into uh some issues of it's like going to church and you know we have false converts in the church a lot of people go to church because their parents went to church or it makes them feel good and so forth uh, me i was you know, blessed with being brought up as a pagan. And so when I was flat on my back and I screamed out, uh, Jesus saved me, right? Lord saved me. Um, I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew. Now, later on, you know, for the first two years, man, I was like, you know, I was going everywhere, telling everybody about Jesus. And then the, the kind of the honeymoon, which I call it kind of wore off. And I, I, I okay, now you got to grow. You know, you got to grow more. And so um, th there was times I said, you know, well, I don't have that, um, you know, chills running up my back and whatever, you know. I mean, you know, it seemed like everything was supernatural. And, and now, I, you know. Right. And so I'm studying and so forth. And, and so, you know, you come to the conclusion is that what's happening is that you're being taught a lesson. And that's that you have to have faith in God. And God gave revelation in 66 books between two covers. And so by um, having a relationship with Christ and having a relationship, uh, you know, with God and growing and seeing your life change and see that sanctif uh, sanctification process, right, is that uh, you start realizing it's not a feeling you know, I like feelings. Believe me, I like. There are times that uh, I'm saying, "Man, I'm on, I'm, I'm on top of a mountain, man. I've been out witnessing all day or something, right?" But when I when I right. wake up, Nick, this is very important in the morning. I mean, I'm already not a very good looking guy, anyways. But I wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and I go, "Oh no," you know, um, my hair is wild. And, you know, my eyes barely open, and man, I don't feel like a Christian in the morning i get up with bad breath and i have a bad attitude right but it's by the claims and promises of god that we can trust so we have to uh you know and this took me a long time to learn you know because i thought well you know i i got reason and and that verse right there i understand what it's saying but i'm going to do this and then i get in trouble you know 
And the sad part, you get your whole family in trouble. I've had that happen, you know. So the point being is that we trust in God. Uh, and and uh, I'll put it to you this way. And this is what people don't understand. I don't know. You know, I became a Christian. You know, it's like um, Jesus says, forgive 70 times seven. And, and the guy in the back says, oh, no, I got to know math, you know, or something. And uh, or I got I got <coughs> you know. And the thing is, right, uh, you're not going to grow if you don't eat. And, uh, and and it's not that, well, I read the Bible through two times. You know, I could read a chapter and get a lot out. I could read a verse and meditate on that verse. But the point being is this, is that if you're truly born again, right, that there is going to be a sanctification process. And, it, and you go through some dry times. But the issue again is I know I have salvation. I have, I have walked in uh, to situations already knowing what was going to happen by the Spirit of God, and and just you know, uh, or walking in and running into somebody I hadn't seen in twenty years, right? And 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 share the gospel with them, or him share the gospel with me. And there's no coincidences like that. You know, and uh, so uh, by the word of God's promises that we got to take those promises, but we got to know those promises. And the problem is, is they say, well, there's a lot of uh, warnings in the New Testament. You know, there's a bunch of parables of people who are falling away and so forth. That and 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 what do the apostles say? He was never they were never one of us. You know, so yeah. God doesn't, uh, he puts those warnings in. And so at the end of days, so I didn't know. Well, we had a warning in the word, right? Well, I think also because at the end times, Jesus even said, they'll become funny, come to me and say, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, I never knew you. <laughs> so, <coughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's, 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 let's look at, look at that scripture because that right there is beautiful. Um, is there anything else we should cover on that? Um, I think the most of all is uh, for interviewing with people, and especially for our guests listening, that just knowing that there's a there's a correlation between all of them. But I think the biggest one of all about Je witnessing with Jehovah's Witness is to realize. I think this is probably gonna, we're, we're going to leave it off on this particular interview. And if you guys have more questions, you can either contact me or uh, with Bob. Um, but I think just knowing that there are people out there that are going to be, who are, who claim to be Christian, like the Watchtower organization, who are in the end days going to cry out, Lord, Lord, and Jesus is going to turn to them. It's a very cold thing to do, but at the same time, these people are not Christians. They do not believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. They do not believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. They don't believe he was born of uh, Virgin Mary lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, and he resurrected three days later. They don't believe in this. So in the end days, when they're crying out to Jesus and going, Lord, Lord, he's going to turn and go, I never knew you. And I think that's a very important thing we can leave this off on, to be yeah, honest. The worst uh, words you'll ever hear is, I never knew you. Let's look at that, though. Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, well, their, their favorite passage for two reasons, but we're going to cover one tonight, is John 17.3. Uh, and it's in John 17, 3, it's talking about, uh, uh, you know, to know the, uh, the father and the son for eternal life. Well, the witnesses took that word gnosko and they said for many years, their translation says taking in knowledge of you, the only true God in Jesus Christ. Right. So they have the word know as taking in knowledge so for years and years and years they just got rid of it a few years ago because they they found themselves in deep trouble with a lot of christians that actually knew what that meant the word gnosko there is talking about a relationship to know the only true god the, oh. the god of abraham isaac and jacob present tense remember the jews got mad about God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, present tense, you know, because they didn't think that 
God had any, uh, that these guys had, you know, were conscious at all. So, but the point being is to know, now how can I prove that, right? Well, what we do is that uh, we, we got to go and, and compare some other uh, scriptures. And you brought up the scripture that is actually Luke 134. And uh, in Luke 134, we got Mary. She turns up pregnant. What a scandal, right? And it says, mm -hmm. then Mary said to the angel, because the angel just said, hey, you're with kid, you know, you got a child, right? And now, <laughs> you know, like, okay, uh, what happened here, you know? So then uh, Mary said to the angel, how can this be? I do not know a man. I do not have an intimate relationship with a man. And I think that's something that needs to be highlighted here is, is he, what she wasn't saying she didn't know, like, actually know a man. She had a dad. She had uncles. <clears throat> this wasn't like a shocking revelation. She wasn't raised uh, in a village full of only women, and she'd never seen a man before. She obviously knew her father. She knew her uncles. She knew her, probably even knew maybe a grandparent who was still alive. You know, these. this wasn't uncommon to know a guy, but as Bob, as you're pointing out, this is the context to say to know sexually, right. to have an intimate sexual relationship with a man. She didn't know a man in the sexual many way. Therefore, she can't have a baby. And many translations or a number of translations come out and say that I was I'm a virgin. They know what it means. The yeah. scholars know what it means. I know what it means. I, I looked up the word and, and so forth. So I, I don't know a man. I don't have an intimate relationship. So the witness might be a snarky one and say, oh, so you're going to have sex with your father and son. No, don't even let him go there. Saying this isn't, that's where no has an intimate relationship. And so the relationship that we have in John 17 is an intimate relationship in knowing God personally and, and being born of the spirit and having his word. It's nothing uh, uh, sick. So don't let their minds go in the gutter, right? Okay. Yeah, it's not a sexual relationship now. And so uh, <clears throat> look up these words, get, you know, maybe a, a good Greek uh, dictionary or lexicon. And uh, Strong's is not, uh, is okay, but it's not really a lexicon. And it's not really, it's, right. it's an English to English type of, of deal. It, it's, it's not, it's not the, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't put it down, but I, I need a little more uh, beef. You know, where's the beef? Okay, so uh, so I said uh, said to them to get, get the message across is that um, that it's not that Mary's saying, oh, I haven't taken any knowledge of a man. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, I can't know Abraham Lincoln because he's dead. And I don't talk to dead people, but I can know the living Christ. I can know the living God because it says that I become part of the family when I'm born again. And that I can call uh, God my father and, and cry out, Abba, right? These are the things that you got to think about. And it's not taking into knowledge because you could take into knowledge in John 5, 38 and 39 they, uh, that uh says, uh, taking in knowledge, thinking they had eternal life, but they would not come to me, Jesus, so they may have life, right? So you got to come to Christ to have life. So if, if uh, you're, and I'm going to say this to people, if you're in a faraway land, and let's say that, let's say that, uh, that uh, Nick and Bob are out witnessing, right? And uh, we get put in jail in Jordan, right? <laughs> And so your wife and my wife, we keep writing letters, you know, um, or they or they keep writing letters to us and we don't read them. What is that saying? Yeah. Saying you don't and care. So God puts together 66 books in the Bible. And uh, and believe me, there's a lot of times that I, I you know, I don't want to study. I don't want to read. I don't, you know. But he, he's putting 66 books together, and we're down here in prison in his fleshly bodies, right? And they're saying, well, do I have to read the Bible? You know, I don't want to read the Bible. So be a doer of the word and not just a hearer, you know?
And so uh, anyways, let's move on to there because it goes to Matthew 7.23 where you just mm-hmm. quoted it. And I told them that, you know, about the context of false prophets and that Jesus was not uh, telling them that he hadn't taken in facts or figures of them, but he said uh, he did not have a relationship with them. So let's let's read it. Um, and it says, and then I declare to them, Jesus is saying, I never knew you. I never gnosked you. I never had a relationship with you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, right? And so here we have three examples of that word being used. Know the Father and the Son, John 17, 3. I did not know a man. You know, you got Luke 1, 34. You got Matthew 7, 23, right? I never knew you. Depart from me, right? So you can go out and do all the works in the world and not know. Because there's a lot of people that are dedicated. Seventh Day Adventists are de- dedicated, right? Oh yeah, no, I've <clears throat> I've come across that a lot. Where I've had people who are very dedicated believer, um, dedicated to the religious cause, and yet, I mean, I say my in-laws a lot because I have a lot of experience with this. But um, and I'm not saying all Roman Catholics are exactly the same way. So I hope no one takes me the wrong way on this. But there are people who are both Protestant, Catholic, or cultists who are very religious and they take their religion extremely seriously but then when you have the conversation about jesus to them and talking and 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 you try to have that talk with them about who jesus is you realize that at the end of the day when they're getting so frustrated and angry and it becomes more like a fight that it has nothing to do with them loving jesus they don't know anything about jesus them and jesus do not add up they are not on the same page they've never known him they don't like him, but they do like their church or their cult, their organization they belong to. And I've had that, like I said, I've had that happen with my in-laws. I pray for them all the time where it is so heavily based on, I love the Roman Catholic Church, but I hate Jesus. And the reason, and they will never say it that way, but it's just when you're having that conversation, as I said before, and I reiterate again, when you have this conversation with them where you're saying, here's about Jesus. And you know how Bob and I are talking about how, we talk about Jesus, and we're all having a great conversation. We have a relationship with Jesus. But when you have people who become very hostile, and they're just and and they'll be aggressive and angry at you about Jesus, that's because they have no love for Jesus. They have no idea who Jesus is. They'll claim they know Jesus, but truthfully, they don't. They give him lip credit, but their hearts are far from him. And then that's where you could say, again, Jesus will be like, "Hey." Yeah, you called me before, but I never knew you. We never had that relationship. You're so into your religion that you totally missed me. And when someone tried to talk about me and I tried to get into your life, you aggressively attacked and slammed the door in my face so you could have your idols and your idolatrous religion over me. Right. And, you know, we're getting close to the finish, so let's uh, kind of finish off with one of their objections. And in John 5, 30 through 40, it says, I showed uh, witnesses that, and, uh, you know, it, it says there that uh, that they search the scriptures because in them, talking about the Jews, they think they have eternal life, but you will not come to me, right? And, uh, and these scriptures right. testify of me. And in verse 40, it says, but you're willing uh to come to me that you're not willing to come to me that you may have life you have to go to christ right and the witness will say well who was he talking to right so they want you to say well the jews right in their mind they work as the organization so i said i'll say they were talking jesus was talking to the leaders of the organization of the day and it stops them because they believe that so right. it's nice to blame the Jews for everything, but, you know, us Gentiles... The scripture applies to us, us too. Gentiles aren't doing a great job uh, either. So we, you know, by the grace of God, we're saved, you know. So anyway, That's true. So I want to leave on this note, I want to leave it with this, with, uh, with everyone who's listening in on this conversation, on this podcast. If you are Jehovah's Witness or you're Catholic or wherever you possibly stand right now, You've heard Bob and I talk a lot about, Bob talking a lot more than I have been talking about this, 
um, about salvation, about knowing who Jesus Christ is, about witnessing the people. And you may be wondering, how on earth do I become this born again I keep hearing about? And it's really simple. I'm going to walk you through it really quick before we end the show. And it really boils down to this. First of all, recognize that you and I are sinners. I'm no better off than you are. Bob's no better off than any of us. We're all sinners. Recognize that you're a sinner. I then want you to turn away from your sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And once you do that, then accept Jesus into your heart. Ask him to come in. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and transform you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, you will have a new heart with a new mind and a new direction in your life. And you'll be accepted as one of um, God's children. And you'll become a brother or sister in Christ. That's all it is. Repent. The Bible says repent and turn to Christ. Recognize what you're doing and turn to Jesus Christ and accept his death upon the cross. That was your punishment and my punishment. And accept eternal forgiveness. It's the only way you're going to make it. So until next time, my brothers and sisters and everyone who's listening, may God richly bless you and hold you. And peace of the Lord be with you now and forever. Bye-bye.